Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. For this episode, we look at serialized and episodic storytelling. What are the benefits and drawbacks to both? Thanks for joining us, and as always, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. So this is a topic I've been wanting to talk about with you guys for a long time. I'm really curious to see where this conversation can lead. We're talking the benefits and drawbacks of serialized storytelling versus episodic. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melvin. I'm Tommy Smithereens. I'm Clifton. So in case you don't know what we mean, think of serialized storytelling as you would a full season of TV. Each of the episodes is used to tell a much bigger story across the whole season and as such the whole series. Daytime soaps are a really great example of this. Episodic is when each of the episodes tell their own story and there isn't any carryover to the next episode that follows it. So think sitcoms for that. Uh, I hope that makes sense. So let's start with the benefits of episodic. I love episodic. I mean, to me, episodic can be done in which you watch a show and not have any understanding of what happened before. It just works on the imagination of the show itself for that episode. I think it gives certain people time to shine. I like watching it because it's usually lighthearted. You know, the, the episode's not as in-depth as you would think in most cases. But um, I just I'm like really surprised that you said that you were that you loved episodic and I'm really happy you did because I thought I was going to be alone on it. No, I like <laughs> I like episodic. It just it doesn't make you think as much or overanalyze situation like serialize does. It's like you're happy in the moment. Or if you can watch an epi- uh, episodic episode, it just it, it built. It's just like it's like going to watch a play. Like you don't have to worry about what you saw before. It'll just tell its story right then and there, and work off the characters or how they act, and just leave it at that. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a beauty to the craft of doing a story for like uh, beginning, middle, and end, and we wrap everything up in 22 minutes. Yeah, or, you know? or I'll even say, or even um, an hour long um, one, as opposed to a 30 minute one, you know? Um, yeah. I just like, because you can drop in and out of it and not care, you know, <laughs> or, or, or leave you hanging for another week, like back in the days in which it, it, it tied together with a, a larger story or something. Yeah, episodic, in fact, a lot of the older TV, like the great older TV shows, just you can watch it for what it was. Andy Griffith. Uh, I, I like uh, Make Room for Daddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke Show. I mean, yeah, they're always going way back. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Back there. But, Which but we watched in syndication. We're not that old. No, but <laughs> yeah. But, but I just like how they stood alone. It, it, it worked off the imagination of the creator of the characters for each episode, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I, I think it get back to what, to what Zach was saying about there was a certain craft of, you know, you had, you know, depending on when you're making your show, you had 22 minutes or 27 minutes or whatever before commercials became dominant of a way to sell the show. You know, I agree with you that like, you know, those there, I mean, I, I've advocated, I, I'd watch a, a 24 hour a day, uh, Andy Griffith channel. If it was on, I would, I would definitely check in and out to see what episode was playing because, you know, some of those 22 minute episodes are, they're, you know, they're genius. <laughs> they're, oh, yeah. You know, they're amazingly crafted television or amazingly crafted stories that are just those, you know, that, that chunk. And you can, you know, you can drop in and you can have a cursory knowledge of, I mean, it's one of the things where the, where the shorthand of those characters is so great that you don't really need more than a scene to like, oh, well, this is what this character is. 
Yeah, and I think exactly. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of I think a lot of times you don't. I mean, I don't think a lot of times it does. You know, a lot again. I think there's a genuine. I think the word craft that you use is really important because I do think that you know those older shows like Dick Van Dyke's another example, great example of a show that knew its characters, knew what its characters' beats were, and you could have seen you know as many times as you watch that episode, you know what Rob and Laura are going to do, you know what you know what Mel Cooley or uh, what's Maury Amsterdam's character. Um, uh, Help me out here, somebody. Oh God! Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it, I caught it. Whatever it was, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm blanking on it too. Buddy, Buddy Sorrell. <laughs> Buddy Sorrell okay. is the character. Buddy, you know, you knew what those, you knew right away what, like, you know, if you watch one episode, pretty much the care. I mean, there wasn't a lot of evolution of character, but those characters worked in their, in their, in their element so well and were so well defined that there wasn't like, you know, there was the illusion of change, but really. You knew full well the next week that somebody was going to be in a sac, you know, in a similar situation, and it was going to be funny, and the characters were going to, you know, hit those moments because that's what the characters did. Yeah, there's there's an elegance to episodic, I think, mm-hmm. in that, that, like you said it, perfect, Frank. Like, like it's um, those characters are kind of frozen in a single moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bart Simpson is who he is, right? right? Yeah. And will always yeah. be that, and no matter what he learns in that episode, he's still going to be Bart Simpson in the next one, and. Right. There's a beauty to that, I think. I, I really think that there is. And on top of the fact that it's it's kind of do you remember what it was like when when you could miss an episode and not freak out? To me, that's what I feel like with Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Simpsons was a good one too that didn't occur to me until I until I just said it. Like it's not in my notes or anything like that. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there is, and there is a really great shorthand of like, you can't really waste a lot of time. Like the character has got to be who they're going to be and it's got to be quick, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not, you're not planting seeds for something later. No, no. you know, it's, it's got to pay again, off right there. It's that, it's that, that, that moment, like you said, it's frozen time or that moment in Amber where they're basically, you know, like another one that I, that I know that I watch, um, I don't watch, it's not conscious watching, but I do enjoy the show a whole lot, but I didn't watch it when it was actually on, that it's now that it's just wrapped up, was Modern Family. I think Modern Family does a really good job of, we set up our premise in the beginning, all these characters we, you know, weave in and out of the, the scenes, and then everyone's who they're supposed to be, and then it wraps up at the end. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I think that one's a really good, you know, you know, you can watch, you know, an episode from episode, and you know that, you know, Cameron's going to freak out, you know that Phil Duffy's going to be, you know, uh, big hearted, but goofy, you know, all those characters are going to do exactly what they're supposed to do from episode to episode, no matter what the premise of the episode is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of those ones that I think recently does it really, really well. I remember at one point, um, Zach, you and I were talking about, there was a, a, an ability that it was a, it was either a contest or it was a, a, an essay thing where you could basically do a spec script for a bunch of shows. And that was one of the ones that was listed. And I think I told you flat out, I'm like, I don't know any idea how it would do a spec script for that show. Right. If you're not familiar with a spec script, it's just one of those things where you write, you write an episode basically that would be, you know, within the vein of what they do and what they do, I think they do so well that it'd be really hard to just make that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely like an idiosyncratic show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it, it is very much of its voice. Another show that I think does a really good job with that was the middle from around the okay. same yeah, from yeah. the same time like yeah, <laughs> yeah. those characters yeah. were who they were you know and yeah. and and you were going to pop in and there was just and you're just going to sit down for a fun 30 minutes right you know 
I think there's another strength though to it to 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 the format of episodic, and that's and and that's the what I call the mini movie, right? Okay. Now, like now, Batman the animated series is a really good example of this, right? Where you have flexible tone in each of the episodes. And this is something that I really appreciate about episodic so that like you can have like, like I'll bring up like a bullet for Bullock, right? That's very much kind of like an old time private eye type of story. And the music reflects that they have a lot of horns, right? And I like that they can, that they can adjust the tone to kind of fit like, this is what we want to do for this episode. We're kind of going for this. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then and then we're going to get like the cool hand Luke where the music is like got like a ton of like harmonicas. And you remember that one where he goes mm-hmm. undercover oh, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he and he gets amnesia like while he's undercover and he can't remember who he is and stuff. Doesn't, doesn't he end up in the box or like, in, like yeah. a hot house, like the hot house at some point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like and the styles are different, right? Like you can the color looks different in those episodes and it's a different setting and it's a different feel and different characters and the music's all different and everything. And it's like and, and again, like there's no. There's no real issue with that because it's because we don't have to have this has to make sense with the next episode. It's just another adventure that Batman is on. And so it all works under that umbrella. Now, it's funny you mentioned that one because it made me immediately jump to something that's totally not related to that, which is the Twilight Zone. Okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah, that would be considered in the same vein as which it it, would it be as as far as it considered an episodic? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but it doesn't lean on any. I mean, it, to me, it works on a whole different type of imagination where it even doesn't lean on past characters or or uh, the same. Right, it's an anthology series. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to the other episodic style ones we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah, the entire like that. That's that's episodic, like to to such a degree, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anthologies mm-hmm. are all are, are really in right now, but. That's the one where like every episode was different. Yeah. Right. Different different stars in every episode. Yeah. You weren't gonna see like no characters come back besides Rod Serling. Right. You can argue Rod Serling, that's about it. And I guess Jordan Peele now. (laughs) Sure. sure. Yeah. But yeah, generally no, that was one of that's a good really great example there, uh, Tommy, about the idea that um, you know, it was it was I mean that was a show I mean that was a showcase show was one of the things where you got, you know for the time, especially in the originals where you got, you know, so many good, you know, actors and, and creators that were basically, a lot of them are used to doing like playhouse theaters, like the TV stuff that was directly adapted from plays that was put on TV. So you had a wide range of, of, of actors that would, were doing the twilight zone. And I don't think that even at the time they really considered, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't for doing what would now be considered, you know, genre TV. You know, everyone that stepped up to it was, did an amazing job and did, you know, some really great work on something that's now I think would kind of not, I mean, granted it's the remake with Jordan Peele is, is, is I've heard mixed things about it, but it's one of those things where I think if it was trying to be launched now, I don't know if you get the same caliber of talent that you would back then. Right. So, well, I mean, that's debatable. I think. Sure. But. No, I agree. I know, but I, it's one of the things where I think about just so many people were, were, were coming from a different place because TV was so new. That the idea that we would get that now is, you know, I agree. It's debatable, but we, it's, it's this, it's, it's for another show, basically. Right. Sure. Yeah. But no, but I see why you say that because unlike now, then you could only be famous through TV or movies as opposed mm-hmm. to what's occurring now, which you don't necessarily have to come through that pipeline in order to be famous. Now I get right. you. Yeah. Right. A lot of yeah. people won't, won't, 
fight themselves in order to get onto such a uh, small venue like they did before. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, but Tommy, I mean, you, you, you set it up perfectly because I mean, th- those are also mini movies, I would mm-hmm. say. And you yeah. do have different, maybe not different tone because they all kind of have the same flavor. You know what I mean? But like, but the, the set dressing is different all, all the time. Right. And you get some, some episodes where you see the budget. Right. And then you get other ones that are just like super conversational and are all and are like more like plays and stuff right. like that. And and. um, Yeah, I just. I, yeah, no, I just think that's a really, really great example of, of of probably the best example of what episodic can do really, really well and why it's appealing. Mm-hmm. You know. Another good one, I would say, for animation wise is Samurai Jack. Yeah, because Samurai Jack like would would really go out of their way to make the visuals different. You know, we're like, I'm thinking of um, like their 300 episode. Mm-hmm. You remember? And they kind of had a different one because they would do they would do something like that 300 episode that was that episode is entirely in widescreen. And, and for you guys who don't know, if you ever watch samurai jack like they would play with the aspect ratio of the screen sometimes so you get widescreen scenes and then you get split screen things and things that would take up the whole screen and everything like that and it would do this routinely like within episodes but that episode they did just like 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 lawrence of arabia right just like it was completely widescreen the entire time and it was a very dramatic episode and then you have one like jack shoes that's a straight up comedy you know or the one where he turns into a chicken yeah you know, right? But I mean, it was one of the things where it definitely had you know, is is it's a really great example. The idea of what episodic can do, and the fact that yeah, there was no overarching story, but it definitely was. You know, it was designed at times if they just wanted to go off and do a one-off. You know, whether we like the one about what's the one with the the noir and the robot, uh, Tale of X Nine. Yes, like my favorite one. Yeah. Right, it's one of your favorites. I know that. So, that's, yeah. but that's one of the ones that doesn't really play in the mythology, right? It's just a standalone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I think what's cool about that show is that is that he has such a such a strong uh, a motive, right? He has such a strong goal. I just got to get back, right? right. And yep. every episode is seen as as an attempt at that, pretty right. much for the most part. Like you said, there are occasions where he goes off and there's like a little tangent here and there. But for the most part, every show, every episode is kind of like a failed attempt at him right. reaching his goal. Sure. So like Gilligan's Island. Yeah, but I say like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, to be fair to, to Gendy and, and the people that worked on the show, not to, call, not to dismiss completely the work of you know Sherwood Schwartz and the people that did Gilligan's Island. I you know now that I didn't really occur to me until just now, but I would think if you were if you were a kid that grew up like say seventies early eighties. And you're watching shows like, like um, Knight Rider, I guess would be kind of like one, or um, what's another good one? Like the 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 the, the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk, right? or the A Team even Magnum Magnum PI. Well, not so much Magnum PI because Magnum PI didn't really have. I mean, there wasn't overarching. Like he didn't have to get home, right? It wasn't yeah. like, right. You know, but like with say, for example, with Hulk, the whole whole point was he was being pursued. He didn't com- he didn't commit the murder that was that was in, that was alluded to okay. in, the, in the in the opener. Yeah, I see what you're saying. For something like the Fugitive or the A-Team, something along That's those lines. Yes, exactly. Or like if you really obscure like the Phoenix, have you ever watched the Phoenix? No. The Phoenix was on, like it was one of those type shows that was on ABC where it was, you know, it was the guy who was, 
I know the actor's name. All I know his biggest role was he was uh, in Wrath of Khan. He's the blonde haired guy that worked with like on Khan's crew that gets killed halfway through. Spoilers. Oh, wow. Um, but, or gets burned up or whatever when they get attacked. But anyway, he was, that was his, his other show was this the thing called the Phoenix. And he was an alien for, you know, like it was like Starman or one of those type things where he was at, from outer space. He's trying to get home. He's trying to find his missing love, but he's on the run from a guy that wants to, you know, you know, catch him or whatever. Same thing with when they adapted Starman, the movie to TV, same thing where it was like they were being pursued. It was, it was, it was a fairly, you know, fairly big trope for that time was just like, you know, I'm, I'm doing heroic stuff like the fugitive. I'm, I'm on the run. And then week to week, it's got an overarching theme, but at the same time I'm doing stuff week to week that if it really stood alone, it could stand alone by itself. Right. Got you. Judson yeah. Scott is the name of the character. That's your thing. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Like, I mean, another one's um like, uh, what's another one that's episodic, but serialized kind of is like Kolchak the Night Stalker. Okay. Yeah. And, and everyone's, <laughs> yeah. You know, Kolchak is, you know, is a schlubby guy that works in, works for this Chicago newspaper, you know, and granted he's, he's every week he's, he's doing sort of the, you know, investigate the paranormal of the week. But it, at the same time, it, it, he, you know, those episodes generally, you could watch them out of order and they generally stand on their own. I don't think they really ever really refer to anything that's gone on before. I don't think. Right. Which what about in these, comics though? I mean, is there anything in comics that you can think of like right now? That's a really good example of ec- episodic. I'm uh, deferring to the three of you because you guys are, are, are reading a lot more currently. Than, than I am at the moment. Currently? I mean, it's not like before with that's what that's what I felt when Dark Horse presents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Or yeah. Marvel Comics presents or yeah. or when they when Action Comics was doing this is a while ago, obviously, but Action Comics at one point was weekly and they had you know, they had Green Lantern and they had a Superman story and they had the Secret Six and they had um Black Canary or, you know, a, a rotating cast of characters, you would get a chunk of a story at a time because they mm-hmm. wouldn't you know, those characters couldn't carry their own book for whatever reason. Yeah, really, I think I think the most you see it is in annuals is the thing that jumps to my head, right? Because I'm thinking of like Tom King's Batman run, right? And right. there are tangents in there, but I can't really say that any of them are, is like a one and done, right? Because everything at least goes mm. one issue right. or, or goes at least two issues. Well, no, that's not true. The Swamp Thing team up <laughs> right. issue, that <laughs> is one, one issue. And that's a great one. That's like a throwback to an old Brave and the Bold, like the Bob Haney, Jim Apparel yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So there's that one, but I'm thinking more of like, like within that run, I'm thinking that, um, annuals are used for more, at, at least like short, shorter stories, right? Like you tend to get a bunch of eight page stories sure. in, in these. Or, or in the, like in the old days you would get one giant story, you know, yeah. a story that had more space to breathe. Yeah. What comes to mind for me is Archie comic. That, that was one of my, that was about to say was kids comics or Archie's mm-hmm. another good example. Yeah. Um, I think like, for example, like the, the Scooby-Doo comics or the Scooby-Doo team up comics that, that DC was putting out, if they're still putting them out, mm-hmm. um, were pretty good examples of, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to do this issue. We're going to team up with the JSA or this issue. We're going to team up with Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And then it was pretty much a one and done. Right. You know, those tend to, I mean, you know, we, we, we haven't really done an, an episode on continuity. And I guess we're sort of kind of doing one now on continuity. If you're going to sort of when we, yeah. when we start talking about serialized and the idea that, you know, I mean, there was a time when one and done's were all that were, were how it was done. Right. Yeah. You, you might get a two parter or a three parter, but it wasn't one of those things where in comics it was so much of, you know, now, like we, we did our episode talking about, uh, about the filling of the graphic novel. 
you know, having to have six parts for every story, you know, back then you you could buy, you know, if you bought, say you bought a hundred page giant, you get a couple of reprints that were one and done. And then your main story or two or three of them were one and done. Marvel team up was another good example. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tommy just sent me a note and I'm like, you're right. Marvel team up would work. Um, I was, cause when I realized I'm referring to nothing that was mentioned. Um, but yeah, Marvel team up DC comics presents, which was like Superman teaming up with people brave the bull for the most part was mm-hmm. Batman teaming up with people. Um, Marvel two in one when the thing had his own book, when he was teaming up with characters, it was basically a one and done, or if it carried over, it would be, you know, the thing would be, would be in the main through line for the story. Oh. For example, it would be him in one part with say like, like, I don't know. Disney um, plus needs to do a Marvel two in one story after they get fantastic four in the MCU. I would, they gotta, they gotta do a thing team up show. I would kill for that. that would be <laughs> right. We're, yeah. We're like, we're Falcon shows up in one episode and then we have Hawkeye mm-hmm. and then she Hulk sure. and <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. I you mean, can have it Disney. Would- <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, either that or Mar- either Marvel Team or Marvel Two and One, I think would be great. But I don't, I don't think they could get what's his name. I don't think they could get uh, Tom Holland for that. I don't know if they could or not. So <laughs> they got Spider Man TV rights. But yeah, I would, I would think those are all great examples of one and dones for the most part. Occasionally, you would get. I think there's a couple instances where you have, like, I know there's one run um, of Marvel Team Up that has like Spider Man. And Shang-Chi, one, one issue, and then Black Widow, another episode, and then Nick Fury, and then they all team up again at the end of the story. So you get like a four-parter, which was rare. It didn't really happen all that much. Right. When you were saying like like the young comics, mm-hmm. that, may, that, that threw Looney Tunes into my head. And I went sure. like, oh, yeah, another one. Completely, completely episodic. Kind of the selling point. Right. Right? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom and Jerry, another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, same sure. story. Same mm-hmm. story over and over yep. again, but like, but we're going to just present it different ways. Yes. This time yeah. they're in the city, you know, this time they're in the country, <laughs> this time that, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's Tom, it's uh Jerry's country cousin. It's, you know, <laughs> Tom's dealing with and Tom's is you, is you, is you ain't yep. my baby. You know, that whole thing. Oh, that's a great one. I oh, love that's that. A terrific one. One. That's we so should good. do a Tom and Jerry episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, okay. But so what do you think then? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of episodic. That's great. What do you think some of the drawbacks are, though? Well, I mean, like we talked earlier, as much as you get that moment of, you know, you know, there's there's a change in the moment or there's a growth in the moment that may not translate into. Like, for example, we've talked about how, like, a lot of times we like like in animation, especially we like shows where, yeah, there's a model for season one for these characters. Right. And they look a certain way. You mean like a character model, like a character design? Yeah, Yeah. Yes. There's a great like Avatar is a great example, right? Like those yeah. kids, you, by the time those kids get from where they are in season one to the end of the show, that their model and the way they look and all that stuff progresses. And you can tell visually for, that, that they've had, you know, change in their life. Right. Right. And that's not something you always get with, say, again, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. Like with Scooby-Doo, like those kids wore those same clothes. Now, granted, you could argue that they were, you know, they were what, you know, hippies. <laughs> and living they were, out there in the van. Living out of the van, being all mm-hmm. you know, grungy before grunge was a thing. You know, I mean, you could argue that's why you could also model. You could also argue that it was cheaper to have one model and not have them evolve or look different from season to season. Yeah, but you know, but I think I think it is a visual short. Again, getting back to a visual shorthand, I think it's one of those things where you you know, I I I personally think it's if you don't show that evolution, you know, it doesn't really. I mean, it's hard to tell when exactly does the story take place, and sometimes it doesn't matter because, like we've said, episodic doesn't really have the same you know the same setup 
Right. Yeah. But I, but it's like what you said earlier. When you get um, episodic, it's stuck in time. There's no growth. Or at least there's right. very little growth for those characters. So you're, uh, basically, it's what a window in that era that mm-hmm. it doesn't escape. That's right. the that's the issue with it. Like you, I mean, it's almost a time capsule in itself with those yes. um, shows and episodes. So it doesn't. It's hard for it to be uh, what you call it. Uh, like for example, let's say uh, uh, like old uh, like an old episode had to deal with the phone booth. Can you imagine explaining the phone booth to kids now? <laughs> right. You know right. Where, where it's all, yeah or like uh, yeah, uh, it, but it, that's that's why I see it as and such. Certain aspects of it tend to stay there right yeah creatively i could see it too being difficult to keep writing the same location same spot same characters same like same more or less situation and have it be fresh right like this this is this is why when i said earlier that that there's an elegance and a craft and 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 a beauty to doing it really well Mm. is that you can get bored also like you can you can exhaust an idea i think and when you get when you get to a show um that that has an engine that drives the show right Mm. that that like like phineas and ferb right phineas and ferb is a terrifying show to work to work on for me right like that's sort of my modern family to you to you frank like the idea that we're doing such a short amount of time right and it always has to be set in summer for the most part there are specials outside of that but we're setting it summer and it's got to be this cockamamie idea right mm-hmm. where, where we have to do a new song <laughs> for each episode also like right. uh like i gotta chill down my spine just thinking about that <laughs> you know yeah. and it's yeah. hard i mean like like writing change is is on i don't want to say easier but um it can be a little bit right yeah, but right. on some level. Well, to me, I think it depends on how your mind works, because some people thrive in that environment. Hence why Phineas of Herb could create that aspect of it and create a, song, a new song with every episode. But to me, the problem with that is changeover. Like you're used to feeling it a certain way. And then when it changes, it doesn't feel like the same show. A prime example of that is The Simpsons. Yeah. In which when they change the showrunner, you can literally feel the different jokes. And it's mm. it, it didn't feel as funny. I mean, it felt funny, yeah. but in a different way. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's sort of like it's someone's. It's like somebody's playing the same song, but from before. But the voice is different. They use different chords. It's the same song, lyric for lyric, but it just feels different. You know, the vibe is off. That's what I feel right. about uh, you know when uh, uh, the problem with episodic. You, it as soon as it changes hands, a different person. It just feels different. You know. Yeah. But I, but at the, if on the flip side of that, I agree completely. But I also think that the the same is true. The inverse is true also, where sometimes you get an episode that sticks out and it feels more special for that reason. So I'll throw in um, Brave and the Bold, the 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 cartoon Brave and the Bold, not the comics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Chill of the Night stands out, and it stands out like in a good way, where you had a show that is that that is very much one thing. And it is an episodic thing and there are many movies, but that one really like, okay, we want a completely different direction for this one. And I mean, that's widely regarded as one of the best episodes, if not the best among fans. It's a great episode. Yeah. It almost feels like it doesn't belong in Brave and the Bold, but I'm glad it's there. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, like, um, 
I, I like the idea that it's there too because because if you if you're making a mandate that we're going to kind of touch all things Batman in this show, right? right? Then why not do a take like that, right? To kind of be your quasi homage to to animated series and stuff like that before like people were doing that all the time, right? You know, and it just there's something about the stakes in that one that feel a little bit bigger, you know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the other, the other one that's a good example from that show is the one about, what's the one about, it's the one with Adam Strange and Aquaman and the, and the whales. Adam Strange and Aquaman from the, from, from the cartoon? Yeah, from Brave and the Bold. There's an, an episode, I believe it's Adam Strange, is, is, is one of the, it's, it's, I know it's Aquaman, but it's one of those moments of, you know, Aquaman is played so bold, you know, uh, broadly in that show. Yeah. And then, and then you have that moment where he's confronted with the reality of the fact that, you know, people are basically... And spoiler for who hasn't seen it, you, you know, but people are slaughtering whales, right? Right. Okay. You remember that episode? Now? Yeah. This is starting to sound familiar a little bit. This is the one where like Aquaman's depressed the whole episode, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's another one where I'm, where it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, he's so lighthearted and he's so like adventurous and he's so like having a good time. Most like pretty much every single other episode he's in. And then you're hit in the face with this moment of, wow, you know, this is the reality of, you know, of life. And this is what, you know, he, this character that's usually pretty lighthearted has to deal with. It's, it's, it's definitely a moment that you don't expect in a show like that. Right. The other, the other episode I'll bring up, I know Tommy's going to groan on this and, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but City on the Edge of Forever, classic mm. Star Trek episode. That's another one that episodic, right? Every right. episode is, is kind of its own thing, but something about that one feels definitive, feels uh more serious more is on the line right right i don't know oh, yeah. how it's done i don't I, like and i but i think it's interesting that that that's able to happen right you know sure yeah uh, frank you're talking about aquaman's outrageous adventure is that, is that the one I no think no, that's no that aquaman's out, outrageous adventure is the one where they're in like they're in the motorhome right uh, no, oh no okay not that okay one. yeah yeah no but Zach, you're right. I don't like that episode. <laughs> no, I know. All. Not at all. But I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of in awe that 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 they're able to pull it out. Maybe it's just a, a manner of 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 it's just a really solid episode. Like sometimes mm-hmm. maybe just the really good episodes are the ones that feel that way because maybe they suck you in. I don't know. I'm that could be it. Right. <laughs> right. Um. That could be a completely subjective thing. I'm not sure. I'm just kind of uh, thinking about it uh, off the top of my head. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's one of those things where again, it's, it's just, you know, it, it was, if it's, if it was a poor, if it was a, uh, the moment or the episode wasn't written as well, I don't think it would have, you know, it would have landed or worked, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. But I think, like I said, in the brave and the bold thing, I didn't even, didn't consider that, but yeah, that's, that's one of those moments where you're just like, you know, you're thrown for a loop. Cause again, that show generally is not real, you know, heavy right mystery in space is the name of the episode ah, thank you thank, thank yes you. is that season one yeah it is season one okay episode 14 mm-hmm. okay. okay but yeah that's a good one but yeah it's just one of those moments that you know again <laughs> especially the way they put the, that that version of aquaman you know i mean he's basically hercules from marvel but basically that version of aquaman <laughs> doesn't really you know Everything's great. Everything's awesome because I'm, I'm yeah. adventuring. 
you know, or I'm venturing with my friends. So everything is terrific. But no, he very not, much know, he knows what he is, and he's yeah. and he's proud of it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I wanted Jason Momoa to be, but we got something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we nope. did. So, not bad. We didn't get a bad thing. It's just, but we got something yeah, different. We got something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So then what about serialized? Let's jump into that. So this, I, I, I will confess that I thought all of you guys were going to be like, no, no, I like serialized better. So, <laughs> so this is a pleasant experience for me that, okay. it, that, that I, that like, wow, like we all kind of have like a love for episodic as well. Um, so I'll just open it up to you guys. So what, so what works well about serialized? Um, unfortunately the best, arguably the best shows on TV are serialized, like award-winning. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, uh, uh how people rate time. See, unfortunately, I believe in serialized, they're hard to rewatch. Mm, um, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. But no, but I love them just because oh, it's, it's a elongated piece of storytelling that, uh, makes you feel like it's a novel or it, it, it just deepens characters. You see uh, uh, people go through arcs that you couldn't see in um, episodic and you like to see the change. It brings it. I, I think it brings it real. There's definitely the, the journey aspect of it, for sure. The idea that you're seeing a character in one spot at the beginning and by the end, you know, all the stuff that they've been through, all the stuff that they've endured, you know, either takes a toll or changes them as a character or changes them as a person. And I think, you know, that's one of the things you don't really get. In serialized stuff, it's kind of hard to to measure that in a, in a serialized show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you said something really interesting, Tommy. That I'm kind of going to hold on to for for when we start talking about what what serialized doesn't do very well. But yeah, I mean you 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 really opened my head up to something to to realization I didn't have. But um, so I'll save it. I'll just go into that uh, <laughs> later. <laughs> but but yeah, I think. There's something super fulfilling about seeing a character start in one place and end in a completely different spot at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, Breaking Bad is a, you know, great example of that, mm-hmm. yeah. in right. my opinion. But I think really like the real power of it, I, I, anytime, anytime uh, uh, people's obsessive relationships with a show or with something now <laughs> is because right. of serialization. Oh yeah, completely. Sure. I mean that that is completely the reason for it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and there would be a time I would have thought that I that in a weird way, films almost did it better for a long time, right? Even though I'm not even talking sequels, but I would just like films tracked growth better for a while, and it, mm-hmm. and it really it weirdly took. TV a long time, I think, to realize like, oh, wait, like we can kind of tell longer stories if we just started stringing these episodes together in a weird way, because like soaps have been doing it forever. Yeah. Right. And, and, and nobody had been had jumped on to it yet. Yeah. Well, to me, the, uh, a great example of that, I think it was Cheers mm-hmm. that jumped onto that. I mean, there's earlier examples. I'll even say from me binging I Love Lucy, you see them do small serialized stuff when she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, but it's nothing that really changes the dynamics of the show other than they bring on little Ricky, you know. <laughs> other, <laughs> but, but with Cheers, it was always uh, will they or won't they with uh, uh, Sam and Diane. Right. right? In which, you, which they broke up, got back together again, and 
the the characters will talk about what the other one did past, but not em- overly emphasize it enough. But uh, one of us, what don't the one that really shines for me uh, that I remember is Soap with Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, but to me, I just thought it was a parody of soap operas. I didn't right. think it was anything that would be serialized. You know, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, I think the thing with soaps is that why they worked and others didn't try them, I suspect is because they were daily because there was less story to keep track of when you're watching it one day, then the next day, then the next day, as opposed to, you know, week after week with hiatuses here and there. So you'd get the occasional primetime show that would try to dabble in that storytelling every once in a while, like soap, like you say, which was very much a send up of soap operas. Mm -hmm. But then you had like dark shadows attempted yeah. At mm-hmm. one point, the vampire soap opera, but I feel like those episodes, like half of the episode would be a recap as to what happened before, <laughs> before and yeah. then then the rest would be like new material, and then the next episode would be that material again, and then some new material, just trying to uh, accommodate for that lag in viewing, not being day-to-day. Yeah, so I've right. always suspected that that was why they shied away from it for a while. It was almost as if executives at all times thought they only had you for one episode. <laughs> it felt like, that like, way. like you, if you were a fan of I Love Lucy, you may not be big enough a fan to watch next week. So we don't want to do anything that, that, you know, talks to the, to the previous episode, which, well, which is insanity, really. Right. Well, I think they also wanted people to be able to come in. I think they wanted a new viewer to be able to jump in and feel right on board and up to speed with everyone else. And I feel like that was an advertising directive. Yeah. Uh, I think also at the time you didn't, you know, it's, it's, you know, unlike today where, you know, it's one of those things like, I think we brought up, we brought someone brought up earlier, the idea of, you know, I can just drop in and watch a show and then go on about my life and not right. really worry about, you know, what happens next per se, or what these characters do next per se. That's, you know, that's next, you know, the next episode is going to be Lucy's going to want to be at the club because, uh, you know, Tyrone Powell or whoever is is playing at the club with with Ricky, yeah, yeah. you know, and then and, you know whoever it is, Bob Hope, whatever the guest star was that week, you know, you could drop in, and drop out, and not really. And the other thing is, there wasn't, you know, think about think back to when when you could start recording shows, and I don't mean DVR, I mean like VHS, you know, that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. How difficult it was to make sure that you got the show that you wanted to watch, you know. <laughs> And record it and and be able to catch up with it if, if you weren't there to watch it as it happened. I remember there was there were shows that I wanted to watch as a kid that I remember that I was excited about, and because we didn't have you know the technology wasn't there, you know, getting into fights with my parents about wanting to watch something because <laughs> we were going to go out or visit someone and I didn't yeah. want to go. You know, right. yeah, yeah. You miss a show, yeah, yeah. If you missed a show, you missed it. Maybe you catch yep. it in syndication. If it wasn't syndicated, if yeah. you were lucky, <laughs> right, or. Or if you were lucky at the end of the season and they ran, you know, they had, you know, episodes of failure. They were, yeah, exactly. That was and, one way to catch it. And God help you for spoilers, because as soon as that show uh, came out, people were talking about it. You couldn't Absolutely. walk anywhere without, especially it's a big show, big name show. You missed it. You best believe before you, before the first hour of work appears, people are already talking mm-hmm. about it. Or the schoolyard. You get to school, school and everyone, like, everyone sees such and such last night. No. Well, here's what happened. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, one episode of the Cosby Show, the uh, one where Rudy had a sleepover, and there was the uh, the Patty Camp episode. I missed uh, half. I missed half of it. And best believe, I knew that song before lunchtime. 
Right. <laughs> yes. That's funny. But yeah, I mean, th- this is this is what drives like appointment viewing before before uh, Netflix and streaming was a thing, mm-hmm. you know. And and I remember uh, there, there was an interview I had heard with Greg Rucka, and he kind of like ex- encapsulated this entire topic like perfectly. And he was saying, he said, you read one book, you're reading for plot, right? You read a book series, you're reading for character. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that that's the big distinction is that like episodic tends to be like plot driven, like what's what's the setup, what's the scenario. And that kind of is is the most important thing. And serialized is definitely more about I, like when I think of serialized shows, when I think of, like Breaking Bad, I think of like character moments more than I can episodes. OK, you okay. know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I can see that. I can see the larger part of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I could think of also of, of like, to me, like watching Three's Company. I, I I'd watch it just to see what kind of stupid thing Jack would do in order right. to get out of a situation. It it, sure. it felt very like I Love Lucy, like yeah, of course it it was just it was it was more so what stupid thing she's gonna do in order to get out of this situation she created for herself, you know? Right. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. To me, in a little bit, to me, I, I'd argue the fact of the, for the episodic that it was character driven in some ways because the goofiness of it is what I as what I like to be reminded of time and time again. I can almost barely remember the plot of right. how it stretched out. What stands out to me is the action of maybe one or two characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another example is Urkel. <laughs> right. Another oh. example. Yeah yeah. 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 Although he did grow. F- oh, finish yeah. your thought, but <laughs> oh, they couldn't stop him. <laughs> he had to grow, <laughs> but yeah, but no, but it was just the just the uniqueness of the character and whatever problem that was there. You almost watched it just to see how he would get out of it or how he would think his way out of the situation. You know? Yeah, I think a lot of times a show or a comic can start in 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 one vein and then realize, oh, there's more story here. You know, I think it's one of the things where I was when, when I was thinking about this episode in general, I thought about like, say, for example, Venture Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Venture Brothers starts out as a straight up parody of Johnny Quest. It's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be somewhat episodic. And, you know, and then you start to realize, oh, there's a bigger universe here. We can expand this out. We can do more with this. And then it starts to gain momentum and gains a mythology of its own. I know. Yeah. For, I mean, I know from from listening to their commentaries that the, the Jackson Public and, and Doc Hammer have said that. You know, more often than not, you know, just because a character is in the background doesn't mean, you know, that they don't have a story for that character. Like, there's plenty. Of, I, I've watched, you know, I've listened to plenty of other commentaries while watching the shows, and they've said, I, you know, there's they, they'll focus on, they'll stop, or they'll focus on one character in the background. And be like, I would love to do a series on that guy alone. <laughs> you know, they oh, said wow. that plenty yeah. of times. Another good example of that is um is the the comic book Cerebus. Cerebus at one point was supposed to just yeah. be a Conan parody. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. That was it. Was just. It was supposed to just be a goofy send up of, of the, the, the Conan stuff, the Robert E. Howard, you know, Marvel Conan book. And then it eventually takes on a life of its own and goes completely away from the fact that, you know, Cerebus starts out as a barbarian, <laughs> you know, an artifact barbarian to what it evolves into is completely different. So I think a lot of times the, you know, a lot of these, you know, either shows or comics can start in one spot as being, you know, a send up or a parody. And then all of a sudden, the, the the creator realizes no, there's more to it, and it becomes more episodic over time. 
Yeah. Hmm. V- Venture Brothers is a really great uh, observation, I think, because th- to me, that was that show was episodic, but in a season perspective, a- as weird as that sounds, right? The, the season mm-hmm. itself had like an arcing story, right? Sure. And, and right. tracked growth. But mm-hmm. almost at the end of every season, they would do something to kind of like reset everything back to where it was. Right. Well, I, 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 mm. I would hang say on, yes. Hang, no. hang, on, was, hang on. Hang on. So, <laughs> but so what I'm saying, but I think after a while, though, they seem to they, they seem to really commit to tracking change and like, OK, no, 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 we're not we're not going to like we're, we're going to let Hank evolve instead mm-hmm. of instead of having evolve and then have some some reason for him to resort back to to to, to status quo, I'll say. Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm think, I'm thinking like the end of season one and the season two, right? Something very sure. big happens at the end of season one. Absolutely, right? But the open of season two, which is a great open, I love it. <laughs> but something happens to get us back to the show that we know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, that's an interesting case for you because because some stuff is just so off the topic. Like, what was the one with the? Is it Return of the Mummy or whatever where they go to the yes. Egyptian? That episode alone, like mm. what the hell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, right. It connects to nothing. We, but we, at the, it's 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 very... explain that further. So in case people don't know what you're talking oh, about, oh yeah, Frank, you do it better than me as far as I, I'm it's, like it's, all over it, the place with that. It's basically, I mean, it's an episode that I, I know, and you know, they even mentioned again in the in the commentary and stuff. It's a pretty divisive episode because some people like love it and hate it. At the same, you know, people love it or hate it because the fact that it doesn't, it's, it's an episode that's self-contained. It's a one and done. And it has all this stuff that is basically kind of self-referential to the episode. It has nothing to do with anything else, but, you know, I love the episode. I think it's a fantastic episode, but it's also one of clarify, those. Right. We're talking about Venture Brothers season two, episode four, mm. Escape to the House of Mummies part two. Yes. yes. Right. Yeah, people are like, well, is it part one? Did we miss yeah. something? There's no part one to this episode. This, no. It's just the part two. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and and I, you know, it's one of those things where, I, you know, I again, I think we've talked about another another podcast. We talked about the Zeppo. It's another example of an episode that just doesn't really. <laughs> yeah, I love know, the Zeppo that, Buffy. Yeah, Zeppo's a great episode. Doesn't really have anything to do with anything else in, in Buffy, but, you know, it, it's, it's just the episode to itself. And, and people, again, you know, yeah, they love it or hate it. But this one definitely was one of the ones where I'm like, nope, I, you know, I love the show. I love the fact that this episode exists and it doesn't really have to be um, in, 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 in entwined and everything else. Another example, and, and Tommy, you can back me up on this, is that Rick and Morty has been ca- kind of meta recently about the idea of like, we're getting back to what we did where it was episodic and we're not dealing a bigger story. Yes. And they get refer. I mean, without spoiling anything, they get very referential about the fact that we used to do different stuff at the beginning and we're trying to get back to that themselves as characters mention it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. Got, yeah. Got a, in the current season, we got a fair amount of that kind of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink to the audience of like, Oh yeah, we know we used to do, you know, one and done stories. And some of you love that stuff and some of you want the bigger mythology. And I think that's a, you know, another show that does, you know, that may have started out as a one or wanted to do, you know, cause think back to the first season, there's a lot of just one and done stories. Yeah, not interconnected at all. It's just no. they'll they'll drop them into something, or we'll see them in the midst of something, and yes. then it work its way out, or it'll have no correlation to what happened before. Just knowing that it's something self-contained in which you know what they do, you know it's going to be weird. Right. Watch. You know, is that yeah. as as opposed you to the, 
Yeah, you know, you know, Rick's gonna be super scientific, dick, <laughs> and that Morty's <laughs> Morty's gonna freak out about everything. But other than that, you don't really know the fact that there's much more to those stories, right? Yeah, you don't at all. No. Which I kind of prefer for that for that because it seems like there's the expectation of where they should go with certain things or what happened to somebody prior to that. Then they have to keep a tally or a timeline based upon what they did, you know? Well, getting back to Venture Brothers, when you, like, I mean, I think uh, Zach and I talked about it when they were planning stuff out and they would, you know, they would have the whiteboard of where, you know, right, Zach, we talked about the white, the whiteboard Venture Brothers where they were trying to map out where characters were supposed to be at the beginning and where they get to in the end. Mm-hmm. For venture, I mean that was one of the things where like that was you know they would talk about that stuff. I, I, another example I thought was interesting was if we're talking about Harmon stuff, Dan Harmon stuff is if you look at um, like all of season three for Community it tells one story from the beginning of the first episode to the end. That whole oh. season is is an experiment in serialized sitcom. Yeah, when you say Tommy, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you have the whole you have the whole story about Troy trying to you know whether he's going to choose what path he's going to choose and and the stuff with. Uh, John Goodman's character. Yeah, trying to move him over to um, plumbing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All that stuff is, is and, and, and even there were interviews at the time where Harmon was like, yep, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to see because do something along the lines of like The Wire, where you start at one place and then you, you try to get it, you know, you know what your ending is and you write all these episodes in between and it's, it's the whole season basically, you know, of, of trying to do that. But in a sitcom, which is not yeah. really something that sitcoms do. No, not really. And, and I mean... And really, I mean, that's the joke that I say about when I'm talking serialized and episodic to people is I'm like, even the sitcoms are, are serialized now, which, yeah. you know, when, yes. when, when, when I was growing up, that wasn't a thing. Rewatching no. things now, like when I'm rewatching like repeats of Fresh Prince or something like I do, I do see little nuggets of things that carry over, but mm-hmm. it's not super important that you need to know. Like you can go into that episode uh, right. completely fresh and, be, and, and you hit the ground running and you're fine. Right. You don't need any explanation for anything like that. But it's like the one thing that I think that was really big into this was friends. Mm -hmm. I think friends really pushed this a little bit as far as they could in in the day, because. Right. um, I think of it like Star Trek, the next generation, where you have kind of like these hyphenated shows that were episodic, but but really flex some serialization at times. Mm -hmm. And Star Trek would end every season on a cliffhanger. And for yeah. a while, at least when I was seriously watching Friends, it seemed like Friends was doing that. <laughs> yeah, they definitely want you know? to, they definitely want to think about it all summer. Yeah, <laughs> you know whatever you know what, what what you know when it was like what was what's a good example like uh, when Ross is marrying Emily is that one a good one? Yeah, and when he says Rachel's name, yes, right right before yeah they end on that, yeah. and then it's like whole se- oh, your whole summer is like ooh it's gonna happen are they gonna get back together? Right. There was the one the season before that when when he's dating. Um, he and he and Rachel have broken up, and he's dating Phoebe's friend, and then and they're at the beach, and he's in the hallway, and and it's like, which door did he go into? You remember oh, yeah. that one? I yeah. do remember that now. Yeah, yeah. But no, like when when you mentioned that when you talk about old school sitcoms, like for example, you had a little bit of that kind of like callback to other stuff, but it was more along the lines of like this is a you know this is a Darlin's episode in in Andy Griffith, or this is an Ernest T. Bass episode in in Andy Griffith, but it wasn't a, th- a situation where the, I don't I don't think they. You know, I think they had an episode to fill that week and they did the episode. And if they had a character like, um, like an Ernest T. Bass, or I think, uh, I'm trying to think what's, I can't remember what, what was the character that was played by Jerry Van Dyke. Do you remember Tommy? For, um, for Andy, Andy Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would ask me. 
But you know what I mean, right? Like that character was recurring too, right? Yes, he was. But, but, but he wasn't the, emphasized every episode. Um, no, he wasn't. He didn't live in Mayberry. He just showed no. up. He was, a, if I remember correctly, he was just a, a guy that came in that like was visit the town or whatever. But it was again, it was one of those things where I don't, you know, I think like you said, Zach, it's a much more recent thing where 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 sitcoms are, are much more cognizant of, you know, of of doing a serialized story. You know? Wait, do you remember? You remember the actor or the character? I think it was Jerry Van Dyke. I think was the actor that was that was the one that was on. On, unless I'm thinking Jerry Van Dyke was on Dick Van Dyke show, as opposed to, to no, he was to, definitely uh, on Dick Van Dyke show. But I'm trying to remember who he was on the um, Andy Griffith show. He appears to have played Jerry on the Andy Griffith show. He was. His name is Jerry in the credit <laughs> I'm looking at. Convenient. In yes. Banjo Playing Deputy, he played a Bad. character named Jerry. Okay, okay, that might be what I'm thinking of. But another another more recent example of of serialized sitcom. I mean, you can argue it's it's, it's a it's a dramedy more than it is a sitcom. Sometimes is. Um, when Atlanta did their last season of Robin season, mm-hmm. where where they were trying to tell a story with a theme for the entire season of Atlanta, and that one has a you know has a start of the you know has a, has a beginning, middle, and end for the season that has a pretty big payoff in the last one. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say, Tommy? Yeah. No, no, it definitely does. It pays off something that occurred in the very ep- first episode. Really? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, but I get what you're saying. They, you know what? In some cases, for those shows, for those. Um, Shows we definitely see them going through a transition, but it's not every episode. Like for a mm-hmm. lot of um, stuff we see today on TV, certain standalone episodes, like the one when he went um, what's his name went to go pick up the piano. Oh yeah, yeah. It made it made no sense for the episode to be there, but it but it was Atlanta for what it was and for the for the stuff that occurred for that particular show. Yeah, so one where Darius goes to pick up the 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 piano from. You remember the character's name? No, I like all, the only thing that sticks out my mind is like a parody of Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's exactly what he's supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but jeez, it just came yeah. off as a creepy individual from beginning to end. Yes, but yeah, Atlanta, like I said, that was the one that that most recent in my mind was was doing the um was doing the serialized like that I can think of recently doing serialized storytelling for a sitcom. The most recent one I can think of. There may be others. Teddy Perkins. Teddy Perkins. That's right. Yes. He's going to pick up Teddy, Teddy Perkins' uh, piano. Piano. <laughs> yeah. It's a standalone episode, but definitely it's within the season of Robin season where it's just kind of like, well, what in the world is this episode about? Yes. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great episode, though. Great. Man, well. is it good. Our Met Your Mother was another one. Sure. Yeah, Fairly sure. recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel that that show was weird because I think you knew how to end the series <laughs> and everything else was filler. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that show created a bit of had a, had kind of an interesting problem, where it was like mm-hmm. like we, we I remember hearing something with the creators saying that like when they actually got like Ted and Robin together, they actually liked their chemistry very much, mm-hmm. right? But they had already set up from the voiceover bit where like he's telling the story to his kids and stuff that he calls her he calls them and he calls her to the kids. And Robin, Robin. Mm-hmm. and so it's like, well, okay, like there's no getting out of this corner as much as as much as as right. we like them together. Once right. we got the actors together, and we actually saw they had some chemistry in these scenarios and everything. We can't do that, and so I think spinning into into sort of the drawbacks of of serialized is you better have a plan. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's one. That's, that's you better cool. have a plan. Well, sure, yeah. Most definitely. 
right? Because because it, it sticks out when you don't. And um, another big one for me was Lost. I was not huge oh, in the Lost. <laughs> I was I was I was a fan in season one, like everybody right. else. Mm-hmm. And then basically, uh, I had like a night class that started a couple of weeks, <laughs> like later into the semester, and it mm-hmm. was running. It was the same night as Lost, and uh, and so I just never kept up with it because I had a class. And but I remember I was working with people that were like fanatically into the show. Mm-hmm. And this is seasons down the road. And I'm hearing them all. It was like every week they would all get together. Like, so what do you think this means? What do you think this means? And just hearing their conversation, you know, and, mm-hmm. and knowing, a, knowing a little bit about story, like, like what I know, I'm kind of I'm like, they don't really have a plan. Just hearing from what you're talking about. I'm like, this show yeah. seems aimless to me. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they would tell you differently, but no, they were, they were pretty, they didn't know. They had no clue. You know, what well, was funny was people who, wrote for the show would come off the show like they'll have a clue. <laughs> they yeah, would tell yeah, like right. in articles. They'll yes. know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so I think how I met your mother couldn't ha- had had a scent of that to it. Where oh, like sure. the thing the thing that I would always say and 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 Grant, I never saw the end. So I still don't know how it ends. So I'm just saying so don't spoil it for me. Not well. Uh, not, <laughs> yeah, but, take but, your time. See that when you have nothing completely to do. But the yes. thing that I would say to people, because I would still be a fan very, very late into the show, was I was like, serialized the show quite didn't quite make much sense after a right. while. But on an episodic level, that show was still very good, always, I thought. Oh, there's some great episodes of that you know? show, for sure. It's just yeah. one of those things where, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't know. I don't know if they just didn't know where they were going to land or they figured, you know, it's kind of like we solved the mystery in the first season. What do we do now? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of what I feel that show was was like they got the you know their their mystery was this and they got to it and I'm like oh so what do we do for the next you know eight well, seasons we're on well it's funny to me I like I think that show shined better when it was episodic like Robin Sparkles oh yeah, yeah. it was brilliant then <laughs> but whenever yeah. they went to the overall How I Met Your Mother when when it got back online with the overall story of the show it felt mm-hmm. forced kind of like X Files. Yeah, that's another mm. great example. <laughs> yeah, X Files. Yeah, because again, if you think if you think of X Files and the fact that the pedigree that it has, that it was, you know, that, that that's where if we didn't have X Files, we wouldn't have got Breaking Bad because um, uh, Vince Gilligan cuts his teeth on on X Files, mm-hmm. and even there's some elements and camera work that's done in X Files that translates over into Breaking Bad. If you like the episodes where, um, or the episode when they introduced the twins, I believe is the one where the people that have the shrine. Yeah. And all the people in the city, in the town is it, it it's like an X Files opening, you yeah. Know? Like you're like, what in the world's going I on think, here? I think we wouldn't have many things if it wasn't for X Files. I really don't like X Files. To me, is the very very first like modern TV show for the internet era, right? Where mm-hmm. it would do things in the open, right? Where it would say like the truth is out there, but for some episodes, it wouldn't say that. It would say something else, and but it was but it was also before DVR. <laughs> right we're like you had to just mm-hmm. catch it that week be like, Whoa, what was that <laughs> right <laughs> you know right but i think it's it's one of those things where it's interesting that i think a lot of people you know i specifically like i i well i enjoy some of the mythology of x-files i think a lot of it is hampered by the fact that if they just stuck to doing one and dones and made mini movies that were you know 45 minutes long you know it would have been better than what you know how it turned out right 
because I think that really was their strength. I think doing those, you know, doing those 45, you know, doing an episode that's self-contained and a one and done, I think they just really excelled at that. It didn't make, you know, some amazing one and done episodes, you know, that didn't have to deal with Mulder's sister and, you know, what the gray aliens really want and, and the smoking man, even though, you know, I like the smoking man, but at the same time, you know, he's just going to smoke and look menacing. What else is he going to do? Sure. Yeah. You I know. mean, okay. Um, I get your point, but at the same time, I feel like, I feel like the real selling point was those, was the mythology for that show. I mean, that's the thing that I can remember uh, in the time everybody mm. talking about was more so that. Sure. That, that, yeah, then really, I mean, really like the bizarre villain they fought that week. Right. You know, I think the, one of the other issues that Serialized has, uh, and this is something the comics have been dealing with for a very, very long time, is accessibility. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you're, you're more than likely going to find somebody who, you know, Lord knows I'm guilty of this a hundred times. Like, I've heard good things. I want to get into it. But it's like, but, mm. at the, but you know, you're three seasons in. Four seasons sure. in, I haven't watched a minute. Well, I'm not going to start now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Sure, of course. Yeah. What if somebody tells you it gets really good in the middle of season four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. You know. Well, one thing I say about serialized, it's a ticking. It's ticking. Like, no matter how good that story is, or how developed you make those plots. Everybody's waiting for it to end. Everybody's watching for it to end. Um, as opposed to episodic. Like, let's say, throw it out there, The Simpsons. You know there's no general end in mind for that series. So they don't have to conceive an end until they want to. But for serialized, you, you're waiting for it to end. I think you I know what the end of Simpsons is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when they meet Mickey Mouse? When's it, when's it, no, when's I, think, it? I, think the, I think the last episode of Simpsons, whenever it happens, is going to uh-huh. be that moment where where they move forward in time. We've gotten that. It's going to, right, but a we've lot. gotten Bart yeah. graduate, but he's always in fourth grade again. It's going to yeah. be the time, like, he's really going to go to fifth grade. Lisa's going to move, you know, like, every. it's going to uh, be the step. episode where, like, everybody <laughs> evolves and it has it take. That's what I think. Mm. That's my theory. Uh, oh, I, it could be, but, uh, but, but at least when, you, I mean, when you watch uh, Lost, you wanted to you you foresaw them moving to get off the island. Um, uh, what you call it? Um, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. When is uh, Khaleesi gonna come to Westeros? You know, it's right, it's right. it's always an end game. Like you can't push it to a certain extent, or you lose viewership. You know, the longer right. you withhold that information or that end game, you risk losing people thinking that it, it's it's taking a turn for bad. That's why I felt in the third season of I'm Lost. When it hit at certain points, ah, they don't know what they're doing, or I don't see any end in sight. I'm not, I'm not going to be on the hook, you know? Same with Battlestar right. Galactica. You know, what happens when it comes to this point? What are they going to do, you know? That's right. the thing with Serialized for me. It, 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 it all comes to a head as to how is it going to end. Say, in fact, that's what, that's what spoiled me with Sopranos as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think they cheated us with the ending on Sopranos, mm. and now we'll never get it. Well, and I think also the thing is, is that endings, there is, there is, I mean, every finale has kind of a, a, a special quality to them, even for episodic like sitcoms and stuff like that. The finale is sort of a big deal always, but mm-hmm. I feel like for serialized, the ending really, <laughs> um, 
puts pressure on the creators to like really nail something and do something special, do something poignant, do something, uh, you know, surprising, unsuspected that you, that you didn't see coming for three seasons prior, you know? And I think, and the thing like endings are tough to do. Endings are very hard to make fulfilling. I think. No, no, you're 100% correct. But some people nail it. Like, yeah, I say the good place did an excellent job on ending their, um, their run. Breaking Bad does an excellent job of making a run to the point that you want to see what happened before prior to all of that. Um, who else has excellent endings to their series? New Wonder Heart. Years. One years. <laughs> one year. <laughs> to me, for me, it's New Heart. And that was the New episodic <laughs> show. That ended yeah. brilliantly. Yeah. Pretty much a gold standard. Hell yeah. Brand. Or St. Elsewhere. I never saw it. It's a pretty good one, too. That's yeah, pretty it's, good. It's, one too. it's a it's a interesting one for sure. It's a similar ending. I think a great ending is the shield. That's a great ending. That does really well too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Tommy, you were saying something. So the thing that you said that jogged my memory is um you were saying the serialize is kind of hard to revisit. And yeah, you're right. Like I didn't think about it going in, but I'm like, yeah, you know what though? I tend to not watch like rewatch serialized stuff as much because it's a commitment. Yeah, it is a huge It's a commitment. bigger commitment. And <laughs> yes. it's the thing. And and it did make me think about like books. Like I tend to not read novels a second time, third time around. The books I pick up are the books that you can kind of like go into any page and just sort of like read it like a magazine. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll uh I will confess my unyielding love for Paul Reiser's book Couplehood, Couplehood. and that book very okay. much runs like that like you could open any page and just kind of like okay I'm going to go from here and that's that's the um, literary equivalent of an episodic television show <laughs> where I'm just going to watch whatever episode that's how I watch The Office I mean I know Office yeah. has a serialized component to it and I was told right. by by Many people, if you're going to watch The Office, like watch it in order, like our engineer among the, among some of those people. And I was like, nah, like I'll figure it out. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like I, I enjoyed it, I think, more that I didn't have to start like, okay, here's season one, episode one, and then the second one, and didn't have to watch it that way. Like, I would just watch it and I'd be like, okay. Like, I, just, I could just keep it straight in my head. Like, all right. Like, you know, Ed Helms isn't in this one yet. And. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim and Pam aren't together in this one yet. Okay, I get it. Like I could I could piece it together. And you know, but I do think a lot of other shows don't have have that problem with accessibility. We should try and talk about comics really quick about that if we can. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big thing that that I know that the companies are are wrestling with at all times. Like, how do we get more people to come in and not be afraid by the number? that's on this cover that's making me feel like I have to read the first 147 of these before I read 148 that's on the stands now. Yeah. But I think, I, I, you know, we've talked about it before and I, I honestly feel like that's, you know, it's a cop out. It's one of those things where honestly it's, it's, I understand that what you're saying and I understand when people, you know, when they, when they were like, Oh, we have to put on a million number ones, you know, I, no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, right. this, this medium that got you, you know, you know, it, it's a, it's a thing of what got you here to this point was, not having everything be so simply and laid out. And yeah, you, you're telling a lot simpler stories or, or more one and done or two and done stories back then. And it was a little easier, more accessible. And all you had was an editor's note, 
you know, to give you an idea of what had happened before, or someone explain, you know, in a conversation, you know, Spider Man says, "Well, I met this guy before. I fought Sandman, or I fought Electro, or I fought, you know, whoever before." And then let's let's go take him, you know, take the put him back in jail. You know, it right. wasn't, you know, I, I don't think it has to be quite so spoon fed to people, especially now when you, you know, you give a smartphone in your hand. If you really want to know what happened in issue fifty seven, there's a million fan sites. There's Marvel's own site. You know that that will explain to you exactly down to you know who's in the who's in it, who drew it, who wrote it, who inked it, who colored it, all that stuff. Which you know, growing up, not to sound like an old guy yelling at clouds, but I didn't have that. You know, right. I was like, I was lucky if, enough if someone in the neighborhood had, the, had had knew knew about it, or there was a good editor's note, or you know, my cousins had an issue or whatever. But I, I think now it's it's one of those things where you know it should be as simple as go to marvel.com. Yeah, and look at look it up. No, that's the, like like Clifton, like what you were saying about like the old time executives wanted to uh, encourage people to just kind of tune into a show at any given week and not have them be lost. Right. Comics has kind of been the exact opposite where we're just going to, you know, pile story on on top of story, on top of story, on top of story. And now we're afraid that we've alienated people from jumping on like that. And my thing has always been. If, if if somebody's a fan, they're going to put in the time. If somebody discovers something late and they like it, they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go back. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So. So, all right. So we should start uh, getting close to wrapping up here. So what do you guys think did it better, though? Who who does who does serialize? Who does episodic better comics or, or TV? I think episodic in, in, in comics is, is, is far better than in TV because I think um, there's the base, there's the built-in element of, you know, we don't say, the doors don't stay open. We don't keep telling you, you know, amazing Spider-Man stories if we don't sell you this book next month. So, you know, I think the idea, the other thing is the fact that not every episodic show has, um, you know, the cliffhangers aren't quite as, as uh, dire are quite as enticing to come back the next month as they are in comics. Right. I think a, a really, a really well done cliffhanger in a comic book makes you want to get that next issue and find out what happened. Uh, okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You're true. You're right. I halfway disagree with Frank. Um, <laughs> uh, pausing because I was trying to present as to why I halfway disagree with. Okay. I like the imagination of episodic in TV. When the cliffhangers in TV are a bit forced, I prefer the episodic stuff. That, that, that's what I'm discovering over time. Like, it took me a long time to come to that. I don't like episodic in comics. I mean, they're good stories nonetheless, but that's why I get trades. <laughs> I don't think they're given enough pages to tell a good story in comics. I like, I like, like, it's rare occasions where I like episodic in comics. Like, for example, like, why, how did Ab and Sir um, lose the ring, so to speak? Mm-hmm. I like little bursts, but I like grander stories in comics than I do in TV. The Green Lantern ring, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, the Green Lantern ring. So, yeah, that's that's my two cents. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, I'm with you. I think um, the other thing about episodic in comics, like we said, I mean, there's just less of it. You don't see it that. I appreciate it when we get it. For sure. I think there's a lost art to doing a good story in 22 pages, like you were saying. Um, you know, almost nobody tries. 
Yeah. You know, or almost nobody's allowed to try. I don't know. I don't quite know what the answer to that is. Serialized, though, I got to go with TV. I think TV does it better just because um, outside of a couple of instances, it's generally one person's vision, the showrunner. And, and it's not like, again, there's exceptions, but it's not like that uh, somebody's going to pick up the characters after that show was ended. You know? So I think for that reason, I say that that TV works better, whereas, you know, I mean, somebody's going to write Daredevil after Mark Wade leaves and and, you know, or whoever's on it now, I forget. But um, yeah, so that's that's my answer for that. So. All right. So that's episodic versus serialized. It depends. Haven't said that in a while. There we go. Uh, before we go. Uh, if you check out our website at letmenowhowitis.com, you can find all of our past episodes as well as notes, links, and examples to some of the things that come up in conversation. Uh, you can also find a link to our YouTube channel where you can check out episodes there as well. Also, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash letmenowhowitis and follow us on Twitter at our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. And if you'd like to suggest a topic for us to discuss, you can post it in our comment section. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>